Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep sleep alone. alone. How are you, Morgan? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm wearing uh, sunglasses. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm part of an acapella group, fun fact. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can. You're supposed to fill in. Oh, I didn't so. realize that. You didn't really give me a cue. But. Well, I just figured that you would. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's nighttime. Exactly. Technically, it's morning time, but. It's okay. Morgan and I are back to our roots of uh, recording in, in the, the middle of the night. Correct. So we are back to it. And just like we are back to recording in the middle of the night, you should get back to checking out our social media. She said a segue. Segway. She said a segue. Damn, girl. Yeah. Get it. Where can it's you find us? At do not sleep alone on all Instagram, of our social media. Twitter. TikTok. Mm, yeah. That's it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We are trying our best to be out there right now. We are trying our best to be live, stay present, and record. We also have an email, too. Yeah. So if you're a little old school and you want to send us a cute little love letter. Do not sleep alone. Official. 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 At gmail.com. Calm. So send us any requests you have, any questions, comments, concerns. We would love to absolutely hear all of them. Yes. And as we've done a couple times on this podcast, we will cover any episodes that you request into us mm-hmm. because, you know, we like to kind of do things on a whim sometimes and just recover what you guys want to hear because. Yeah. You know, and it's always fun learning about like other stuff that, like the Robert Hansen episode that Nick referred to us. Like I had never heard of him before. Nick threw him my way, and I started googling him, and I was just like, "That's a bag of chips I loved that I opened." Exactly. So we actually really, really enjoy hearing everything you guys have to hear, or not hear, but say. We love hearing what you guys have mm-hmm. to say. Good so. job. exactly listen i'm doing my best (laughs) you're doing your best and over here our victim is doing their best today so today we're going to be talking about the disappearance of heather teague so heather was born on april 25th 1972 and grew up in kentucky her whole life. Uh, nothing was really profound about her dad and her mother. Um, other than her dad wasn't super present. Her mother kind of was, I mean, mothers tend to have a better connection to their daughters than fathers do anyways. So that's not super prominent in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, but she lived a pretty normal life Her parents were fine. Her family life was fine. School, everything was pretty average for the most part. 
And into adulthood, it stayed average. She was the smart, pretty girl in school, playing basketball, running track, and being a cheerleader. She's super well-rounded. Exactly. She kept herself busy. Exactly. I always wanted to be a cheerleader. I don't know if you did, but... I, mean, I was a cheerleader in elementary school. Yeah. And then I thought about it in high school, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I always wanted to be a cheerleader and I had the dance background, but I was just a super band geek mm-hmm. and that's just the way the world works. And you know, whatever. I loved being a band kid and it was a super fun time. Yeah. I mean, Heather was a cheerleader and she loved it and it was great for her. Being a band geek was great for me. Either way. On August 26th, 1995, she was sunbathing on a beach in Henderson County, Kentucky, when her life would change forever. It was also reported that Heather was dating someone who was 20 years older than her and showed up on her mother's couch days before her disappearance, trying to get her life Hashtag refocused after being fired from her job. Yeah, she kind of like struggled with jobs a little bit here and there. But like she was never like in and out of jail and stuff like that. Like she wasn't like running in with the authorities and stuff like that. But like she was kind of she was going through it. She was dating a 43 year old at 23 years old. Oof, Red flag. But like nothing crazy. Right. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We all make decisions that may or may not be the absolute best for us. But either way, she was trying to get her life refocused after getting fired from this job. And she was also kind of in hopes of taking classes from the Western Kentucky University to try to become a psychologist. So she was on the right track. Yeah. She was trying to go to college trying to become a psychologist Mm -hmm. maybe she was trying to learn more about what was going on within her Mm -hmm. within the people around her i know whenever i started to pursue a degree in psychology i specific specifically started to pursue it in hopes of learning more about the person that i was currently dating at the time Mm -hmm. and also to learn more and understand myself better Mm -hmm. i wasn't just like oh yeah i'm super passionate about this that's the only reason yeah i wanted to know more about me you gotta be a special kind of person to be into psychology right so we're both special kind of people (laughs) exactly so while she was sunbathing on this beach a witness named tim wathall witnessed the entire incident yeah And Heather was, like, super petite. She was only weighing, like, in between 90 and 100 pounds. And, obviously, she was super active in high school. So, like, she's probably got, like, a rockin' bod. So, she's got green eyes, long brown hair. And from all the photos that I've seen, she was, like, drop-dead gorgeous. So, this guy was probably just, like, being a creeper (laughs) watching her sunbathe. I'm not going to, like, accuse him of being a creeper. But why else would you be watching from a telescope from your house from across the river at a woman sunbathing but luckily he was being a creeper because he was the only witness to what happened to heather and i think that if he hadn't been looking through we really would have no idea what happened to her 
Right. And this witness reports a large six foot Caucasian male around 210 to 230 pounds with a bushy beard approaching Heather and then grabbing her by her hair and dragging her into the woods at gunpoint. That is... Can you imagine being on that side of the telescope, like being Tim and seeing that? No. Like, what do you do? What do what, you do? Call the police? <laughs> like, be like, hey, police, I'm looking at this beach. There's this female and a male and she's getting dragged off by the guy. Like, I have no idea because then what happens? Like, say the police come, they don't see anything. Nothing happens from it. Now you're just a creepy guy who's been... A peeping Tom? Yeah. Or maybe you live with guilt of... If you never reported it, then like... What could have happened? Yeah. And even if you did report it, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Like, what if nothing happens? So then you live with the guilt of why was I even looking in the first place or why wasn't I down there? Could I have done more? There's just across the river. So it's not like he could have like ran over there to help her. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I would feel so helpless if I was Tim. Exactly. And he later goes on in the description to say that the man that was approaching Heather was wearing a very peculiar, peculiar outfit in that he was wearing jeans, but no shirt, and was wearing a wig and a mosquito net on the beach. On the beach. <laughs> on the beach. On the beach. On the beach. Jeans on the beach. On the beach. I don't know if you all have been to the beach. Or to Kentucky in the middle of August. But jeans are illegal. Not a good, not a good luck. <laughs> Not a good idea. Not a good look. Maybe not something you would want to do. Not my outfit of choice for the beach, but no. you know. And it's to also each their own. I had e- to say it, I'm sorry. Exactly. To each <laughs> their own. And also maybe not the best outfit to kidnap someone in. Yeah, like wouldn't you want to wear something protective? Like just in case that person fought back. Like you wouldn't want to be you know, like scratched or, you know, bitten or whatever. And I feel like leaving his whole entire torso just like makes it even more noticeable. Like if someone were to witness it or someone were to see, like, I feel like his outfit of choice was just very like outlandish. Like it's not like he was like blending in. No, he wasn't blending in by any chance. And either way, whether he was blending in or he wasn't blending in, a local farmer was actually filming surveillance on the area for some vandalism that had been going on on his property at the time and was able to catch Heather's vehicle as well as a red Ford Bronco that was parked, but it wasn't confirmed whether or not that it was the alleged vehicle that was connected to the disappearance. Yeah, like it was a similar car, but like they couldn't really tell from the footage if it was, you know, the car that was, you know, connected to the case or not. Exactly. Because wasn't there like something really weird where it was, her car was a red Ford Bronco, but the car next to her was... Like red and white or something like that? Yeah. I think so. 
it was like a very small difference between the two vehicles. Yeah. And investigators searched the surrounding area for evidence, utilizing police dogs to search her vehicle, which had been completely ransacked. And they also searched the surrounding beach, which they had also deployed divers into the river, including infrared to locate a body just to see if maybe her body had fallen, like fallen in or if they could find anything, literally anything. Like they had just tried their best to search the entire area, but nothing was found or recovered. But one thing was, and it was her bathing suit bottoms with her towel and some footprints that led to a wooded area, mm-hmm. which kind of sus. Like, yeah. footprints to a wooded area. Yeah, but they couldn't, like, it's not like you can match footprints. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like a handprint or something like that. It was just, they could at least see that whatever Tim was saying that she was, you know, taken by the hair into the woods behind her, they could at least see that that was the, you know... The point of destination was those woods. From there, they couldn't really tell much from that. But what's really weird is that six months prior to Heather's abduction, a man named Marvin Ray Dill was a local pill farmer, which remember that name because he could become a very crucial part in this case, um, was pulled over in February of 1995. So again, six months before during a routine traffic stop in his red and white Ford Bronco where the mm-hmm. cops would find a pair of guns, rope, duct tape, a pair of knives, rubber gloves, and a hair resembling Heather's. Interesting. Interesting. And to make matters worse, they also found blood on the inside of his tailgate. And this also matched the description. The vehicle also matched the description of what later came to find out the one that was involved in the case. But again, this is six months prior So it's like the police have this like in the back of their mind while they're going through kind of all of this evidence, like piece by piece in this really, really weird case. Right. But it goes back to that red and white Ford Bronco Mm -hmm. that was maybe parked next to her Mm -hmm. red Ford Bronco. But they couldn't get like a clear picture in their surveillance. So it's like, is it coincidental? Is it not? Like they couldn't just like. They didn't have enough evidence to just like walk up and start questioning Dill. Right. But I think hindsight is definitely 2020 now that we're kind of looking at this case with a brand new pair of glasses. And yes, it's still strange that only six months prior they found all of that. Basically a rape kit in his car. But the fact that he was a local pig farmer kind of like gave doubt to the police because they were like, this could just be all tools that he needs to you know, do his job. It could be pig's blood, whatever, because like, obviously she hadn't been abducted yet. No foul play was in the air yet, whatever. But like, it's just weird that I'm glad that they remembered that from six months ago and was like, "Mm, maybe it's him. But again, they didn't have enough evidence to like go to his house and, and, and search or ask questions, but a whole bunch of tips. And then including the description that pretty much, hit dill's like exact features on the head 
on his license. Like it was like uncanny how incredible the witness was able to like describe him and how well it fit the description of his license and, and what Dill actually looked like. So with that being said, multiple tips came in and they were received by the investigators, including the description that matched Dill's, you know, license. Um, they then decided to go to Dill's residence and try for further questioning. But of course, Homeboy was tipped off. He sent his wife out, told her she needed to leave off the premises. And before the police could enter his residence, he shot himself in the head. Which is absolutely insane. If he wasn't guilty. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Exactly. It's like if he didn't have anything to do with it. Or are you just looking for an excuse to finally feel comfortable with committing suicide or I feel like it wouldn't be that like I feel like he had to have had at least something to do with it yeah if he felt guilty enough that he had to kill himself I mean like why else would you send your wife out yeah why would you tell her to hey just step out for a little bit you know and she's not gonna ask questions like just the police are showing up on her property and wife is just like okay either way evidence was compiled against dill and heather's case was held before a grand jury where they asked dill's wife the one that was sent away to be a witness where she pled her fifth amendment rights and refused to answer any questions and was excused from the case because she didn't want to like talk anything about heather's disappearance which again fishy but like also maybe she just needed to get away from it because she didn't want to have to deal with her husband's crap anymore. You know, like that's also like a probable theory. It was later released that Heather had possibly suffered from drug abuse and kind of fell into the wrong crowd after graduating high school and was using about two weeks prior to her abduction and was described to be having erratic and strange behavior, which is common for someone on drugs like she was suspected to be on. And the common drug at Henderson, Kentucky at the time was either like meth or cocaine, which erratic behavior obviously would be pretty well, like easily explained if she was using those drugs during the time, if she was using those drugs at the time. Um, It later turned out that in that two week period, she was reported missing. And then she was later found and told the police she was just running around. I guess she needed to like clear her head or something. But the drug abuse, if she even was using on such a regular basis to be considered drug abuse, was just a theory because after her disappearance, whenever the investigators and cops questioned her, like friends from high school and stuff like that, they really didn't have any clue about any of that stuff. So either she kept it like real hush hush or like maybe she was just hanging out with the wrong people Mm -hmm. and not using on a regular basis. Like, because remember she like, crashed on her mom's couch and she was trying to like refocus her life so it's like maybe she was just trying to get away from that right another prime suspect was christopher j bellow who was also a native of henderson kentucky so he like at least was there um and christopher was also suspected to be in the area the day of heather's disappearance so again weird bellow also fled the state at the same time of dill's suicide which could be coincidental, but also like, mm. yeah. um, 
how coincidental can some things be? Well, he was also tied to a string of crimes that also involved kidnapping and murder as well. And he would later confess to Catherine Fetzer, which was another case that I ended up looking into, um, who was kidnapped and, and suspected to be murdered in 1991, even though a body was never found. So he confessed to it and said, like, yeah, yeah, I killed her. But they never found the body. Was wasn't he like also suspected of a, a couple other murders? Yeah, he was suspected to be tied to three other kidnapping and murders oh involving. Yeah, it was, and they were all kind of in the same area. And the only reason why he was really suspected of these other cases was because of how, basically, how the girls looked and the fact that they were kidnapped and never seen it from. Oh, or never seen or heard from again. Got it's like it. they were all kind of like the same body shape and like petite, young girls, super attractive, whatever. Um, and that was involving Shailene Marie Farrell, Mary uh, Cusciuto, and Christina Porco. But again, these were all theories because these women were never found. So like an MO wasn't really established because we never saw any of these bodies. That's... But crazy yeah i mean they never found any of their bodies Mm-mm. and they also never ended up finding heathers as well Mm-mm. so all four of these bodies are still missing like are they alive are they dead that's crazy no one knows. are they living a secret life who knows who knows it was also confirmed that dill christopher and heather all shared acquaintances as well which leads to a really big theory, which a lot of people kind of like go back and forth on because the abductor's description matched Dill so well. But what the main theory is, is that Dill was the muscles and Bello was the assailant. So he needed a big guy to go out there snatch him up some 90 pound girls so that he could do whatever he had to do i mean i can as a 120 pound female snatch up anyone who's even 110 pounds Mm -hmm. like i get that i'm strong and that i work out i go to the gym i dance like all these other things but you don't need a giant guy yeah, i thought that was so weird too i mean i guess that maybe he might just be the muscle of the entire operation, operation. <gasps> jinx you oh so God. Uh, but they might just call him for anything whether mm-hmm. it's a female that's 200 pounds or a male that's 150 or a female with 90 pounds yeah that's just the muscle you're the one that goes and picks up the victim and moves on that's just your job and like again with the theory it was that dill was doing the driving while bello was in the trunk with Mm -hmm. heather Doing whatever... Use your imagination. He may... Doing God knows what. Feel. Yeah. Or crave. That's a good word for it. Crave. And while all these theories and connections of Bellow's victims matched Heather's case, Bellow was never charged for any affiliation in the abduction of Heather Teague. So Miss Teague was, like, really diligent in her daughter's case, and she still is to this day because she kind of feels like 
the local police kind of like did her wrong and kind mm-hmm. of just like didn't really focus on what they should have been focusing on. But mm-hmm. I think again, it's probably like the whole m- mom reaching for a closure of some sort and not really using logic because I feel like the dill theory along with the Bella theory really is probably what happened, unfortunately. Yeah. And I know that being a mom, because I am one, I would probably also do the same thing. I wouldn't want rest until I figured out what happened to my daughter. And the fact that Dill had killed himself and that they possibly would never get an answer is probably just absolutely heartbreaking. And like turning a blind eye to some of the red flags, like Dill's description, the fact that it literally matched exactly the blood in his trunk, like the rape kit, like all that kind of stuff. I feel like her turning a blind eye to it and trying to look at other maybe leads or suspects or whatever was maybe her way of trying to like cope and try to find some peace and find some rest in her daughter's case just because still to this day no one knows what happened to Heather after she was drug into the woods drug drug into the woods yeah I mean I can't even imagine like hearing the story of hey there's been a report your daughter has been drugged into the woods and we haven't getting that phone call man i can't imagine it's probably so hard to where like you were saying you'll resort to anything to try to find some sort of closure Mm -hmm. i mean i've read into and heard of so many stories where parents they get to a certain breaking point to where they don't care whether like they do care obviously mm-hmm. but they don't care whether their child is dead dismembered whatever it is they want to know what happened yeah like they want to know whether their child is safe whether their child is dead whether their child is dismembered whether their child has been assaulted they don't care they it's just, the hope that kills you. Exactly. That they're still alive, you it, know? It's the not knowing of what if they are still out there mm-hmm. and if I just tried a little harder, mm-hmm. I could find them. You know, I mean, there's been that plenty. guilt would literally eat me alive. Exactly. I mean, there's been plenty of stories of, like, people that have been kidnapped for years. Yeah, and then they just, like, show up out of nowhere. And it's like, like she'd be, I think, like 46, 46 or 47 at this point. Right. So it's like she could very much still be alive. Exactly. And as a parent, knowing I have no closure on the situation, what if they're out there and they hear me and they just wish I would try a little harder? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like, what if you were so close? It's the what ifs. And in exactly. February of 2003... Heather's mom filed a a suit against the local, state, and federal authority, authorities in trying to cover up her daughter's death. Hmm. So, like, saying that, like, the cops weren't doing whatever they should have been doing, and they're just trying to cover it up to move on. So, like, to save face. Interesting. And um, they also, she also said that they were trying to deny the connections that were also found and theorized 
Um, she also claimed that they focused on the wrong suspects and ignored other leads that could have solved the case and possibly found her daughter. So she was under the impression that they were too focused on Dill and too focused on Bello when they could have been focused on the other leads that they were getting in and the other tips that they were getting in, mm. which I don't know if she's reaching for something or, you know, just trying to fill that hole. I don't even know. But like, I probably would also file a suit against my local state and federal authorities. But I just don't know if I would come right out and say like, you didn't try hard enough because I feel like they did. It's just there wasn't enough evidence for them to follow. There wasn't enough of a trail for them to follow. And while it isn't confirmed whether Heather is dead or alive, it is highly likely that foul play was definitely at work and she hasn't been seen or heard from since August of 1995. Which is crazy. That's it. Missing persons cases are so hard. It's hard to wrap my brain around the fact that someone could literally just like disappear off the face of the earth. Right. Like you would think with how like far of technology has come and, you know, with the media being like how it is and like her face was plastered everywhere. So it's like you would think that like someone somewhere would have seen her and there would have been some sort of lead, but nope, never seen or heard from again. No body was found. They, there was suspected to be bones found, but they never did any digging on whether or not it was Heather or not, because there wasn't enough. They can't even like confirm that it's a skull. Oh, so it's like, did it give her mom closure? Probably not. And that's also probably why her mom wanted to file the suit yeah. because she saw they weren't taking the Doing case. Doing anything about it. Yeah, right. They weren't taking it seriously or as seriously as they maybe should have been. Yeah. Ugh. Missing person cases always mess me up. I know. I feel like those are, are always the episodes that whenever I listen to them or watch documentaries about them, it just like. It hurts me. Yeah. I'm just like, it's because you don't have any closure. <laughs> no. And it's like, that's really insensitive of me to say, because like the people that actual have to, actually have to like deal with these victims and whatnot. But like, at least with these like serial killer cases and like whatever stories we talk about, there's always, you know, not justice, but like, we found the bad guy. We found the bad guy. He's in jail and that's it. It's like this time there is no any of that. There's no bad guy. There's no person. There's nothing. It's this person was tragically taken from the world. And just vanished. And gone. Mm-hmm. With nothing. No justice. No closure. No anything at all. Mm-mm. That's sad. So don't go sunbathing on a beach alone in Kentucky. And if you do go sunbathing, just make sure you wear sunscreen and have someone with you. Yeah, because melanoma is a real thing. Exactly. (laughs) And just at the end of the day, make sure you don't don't sleep sleep alone. alone.